Welcome to the debut episode of The Off Season. My name is Tobias Matthews, and today I'm joined by the world's greatest co-host, and Gabe Haritanov. Uh, how are you doing, Gabe? I'm doing good, man. I'm just ready. I'm ready to talk about this offseason, man. These trades. Yeah. This draft. Yeah, Seems. and uh, as you alluded to, the offseason just started the other day uh, as we had the NBA draft. And today, I think we're going to be talking about it a little bit. Yep. Um, Sounds good to me. So without further ado, uh, I think we're going to jump right into a winners and losers section. Um, who do you guys your winners, Gabe? Uh, okay, so for my winners, um, I put the Pelicans, the Clippers, and the Sixers. I guess I'll just mm. jump right into the Pelicans. The Pelicans had that Jonas Valanciunas trade. They traded uh, down from 10 to 17. And with that pick, they selected Trey Murphy, which I think is a perfect per- a pick for them. One of the best shooters in the draft. He has defense. He has the shooting to back up Zion. Wonderful pick there. I um, got to agree. Yeah. I don't know what uh, else there is to say about that pick. Do yeah, you, uh, uh, I do. Mm-hmm. I Well, I think it's a great fit. You know, the Pelicans are clearly in need of some defense. Um, and, you know, Murphy X absolutely brings that as a 3 and D guy that they can probably put immediately into the lineup, which I think is absolutely necessary since they do need to appease Zion um, ASAP, given that he is within the smallest market in the NBA, despite being probably one of the most box office players we've seen in a generation, probably since probably LeBron, honestly. Um, so I think so far what the Pelicans have done with Valanchunas and now this pickup, yeah. um, you know, that roster's really rounding out in the way you kind of wanted to see it. Yeah, you just let Ingram and Zion take over and have this guy on the wing. That's perfect for them. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I, I love it. Okay. Next, you got, what, the Clippers? Yeah, the Clippers. So the Clippers, they got the 21st pick, um, and they draft Keon Johnson, a raw prospect, sure, out to around 11 points, extremely athletic, put up a 48-inch vertical, I think. Um, He is extremely young still. The thought of him being mentored by someone like Kawhi or Paul George is, like, really intriguing. I don't know. Uh... Because his defense, his defensive upside is just through the roof. Like, I'm not sure anyone else is on that level in this draft. Maybe some, like Scotty Barnes or someone, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about later. And then they also traded for the 33rd pick, which pains me to say. But they got Jason Preston, who's just an all-around um, great player. He's a, he's pretty athletic. He's a decent defender. He's like a really good rebounder for his uh, position. Good playmaker. He's an okay shooter. At 30 like you can't really go wrong with that pick yeah and then they also got the 51st pick um from the grizz no sorry the pelicans um bj boston someone who was projected to go 33rd to the magic originally uh again i think he was one of those players that peaked in high school didn't have the best season still pretty raw but his offensive upside it's it's really good i really like that yeah yeah, I have to agree with you. I think the Clippers did a great job finding high upside guys in this draft. Uh, I think we have to remember that Kawhi is not on contract anymore. Um, he blew out his knee. Um, and I, I don't know what the future holds with him and the Clippers. Um, and given the fact that, that they don't have the rights to their pick yeah. until 2027 because of the Paul George trade, yeah. 
I think in ta- I think taking high upside guys exactly. um, is the only real way to build a team going forward. Um, I-, I think Boston isn't shouldn't be like that much worse of a prospect than Zaire Williams. In all honesty, they yeah, both had I mean, to an extent. What poor, is yeah, poor, um, poor college seasons. Um, they're both you know athletic freaks, both yeah. over six seven. Um, there's a lot of potential. They're both young guys. I'd um, say another I think, argument is who would be better, Keon Johnson or Zaire Williams? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Keon Johnson, I think he made a good point saying that he can learn behind some serious vets. Mm-hmm. In um, Ro- I don't know if Rondo will stick around with the team, but they got yeah. Beverly, they got Paul George, they got Kawhi. You know, guys that I think it's a great environment yeah, um, assuming yeah. that they don't all try to kill each other <laughs> like in years past with the clippers that's okay. true so then you actually had a team i haven't seen many people say had a great draft but yeah. i do like their pick the sixers yeah tell me yeah, about that so um the 76ers i picked 28 they saw Jaden springer uh spring at 28 is just amazing i'm not sure how to how it'll work um, I'm hoping that they trade Simmons, or else this pick doesn't make that much sense. And I'm not sure if he could play alongside Maxi, um, because like Maxi can't shoot that well. And I think Jaden is a decent shooter, just not on a lot of attempts. Mm-hmm. And that shooting that they really need, they got at the 50th pick. They got Phil Petrusev, um, who played at Gonzaga for two years, and then he went to uh, the ABA. And he balled out. He wanted to improve uh, his shooting and everything, and he did just that. He averaged 24-8 with 1.6 assists and 1.1 blocks a game on 58% from the field and 42% from three on three attempts a game. That is exactly what they need. Like, he's that perfect pick for me at number 50 for them. Mm. Yeah, I like Springer as well. Um, He shot it 43% from three in college. Um, though that doesn't necessarily uh, only on on less than two attempts yeah, a game. Yeah, but he didn't play that um, much, so we, we don't really know. Right? Th- they're not projecting him um, nearly as close. They're saying maybe more in like the thirty five, thirty six yeah, range. Obviously, yeah. we have no idea. Um, but you know the upside is there exactly. on multiple different l- levels. He's one of the younger dudes in this draft. He's super only athletic, super speedy. Only eighteen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a great pick. Uh, where is it? Twenty eight, twenty seven ish. Twenty eight. Yeah. 28, yeah. Great, great pick for that late in the first round. I gotta agree with you. But alright. Okay. Uh, what about your winners? Yeah, my winners. Um, to start off, I think this team honestly had the greatest draft I've seen in my lifetime. It's not a very long lifetime. Um, I can't legally drink. I can't enlist in the military. But I do love the draft that the Rockets had. The Houston Rockets... Um, I think kind of botched the Harden trade in a way, um, given that all those Nets picks, I can't honestly believe are going to be that much higher than like 20, even four years from now or, you know, into, into the future. And they don't have a lot of their picks because of the Paul for Westbrook trade. Um, so I think them nailing this draft is, you know, incredibly vital to their process of you know rebuilding after the Harden trade and I think they did just that obviously they start off with Jalen Green um this is a very hot take but I like Jalen Green a tiny bit more than Cade Cunningham 
obviously Cade Cunningham has a way higher ceiling. Um, so I, I, I would still take Cunningham at one um, just because he's built for the modern NBA as a massive point guard who can do everything in kind of a Luka way. But, you know, just straight up, I think Jalen Green um, could be much better than him. Uh, I think there's a, a little more unknown with Cade. He's not as fast off the dribble. Um, I wasn't absolutely convinced in his way to finish at the rim. I think Jalen Green is just an electric scorer. Yeah. Um, he can score at all three levels, and I think he's going to do it immediately. He honestly might be my pick for Rookie of the Year just because I think that in that G League environment, he literally dominated against professionals. Like, these are not... Like, the, the G League competition was significantly better than any college players you're going up against. Yeah, sure. Um, and I, I've, I've hear, heard some people say they don't love his defense, but um, honestly, I thought he looked pretty good on the perimeter, at least when it comes to, you know, poking the ball, yeah. getting it into transition. So I think he'll be adequate, at least on the defensive end, in maybe a way um, a Zach Levine, which has been a common comp, is not as great on defense. Um, but Green alone isn't why I thought that this um, Rockets draft was as good, or was one of the best I've seen in my lifetime. And that has to be the picks of... Shengun and Garuba, two international prospects who both me and my co-hosts absolutely loved. Yeah. Um, I think our our opinions on these prospects end up aligning since we kind of talk about them and we just kind of convince each other. Whoever has the stronger opinion oftentimes will sway the other to their side. But uh, we, I think we both had Shengun as top ten prospect as a top ten prospect in this draft. Uh, I love his ability offensively. Um, I, I would would not be ex- surprised if he started jacking up and making a lot of shots from three. His touch around the rim was probably the best out of any prospect in this draft. He's listed as 6'10", 240, which is, you know, even though I've heard people say he has slow feet, I mean, that kind of size can, you know, be a serious presence down low. Um, and obviously his passing ability um, could be... Could be an elite trait. Uh, it's hard to say right now, but I think his offensive potential as just a motor for any team, especially paired with a electric ball handler like Jalen Green, could be a deadly duo uh, moving forward. And then the other international prospect is Garuba, um, who is very raw, but um, both me and Gabe think he has immense defensive potential. Uh, we saw him switch on the perimeter be a menace, be strong down low. I think he could be possibly, you know, the next Draymond kind of small ball five and paired with a, you know, defensively weak prospect like Shingun. Um, that could be a deadly duo. Yeah, exactly. I think Shingun isn't the worst defender. I think he has upside to become a decent defender even. But with Garuba, you have, you get Shingun who's just like one of the best, like in the post players, in post offense this whole draft has seen. And then Garuba, I would say, is the best defender in this draft. You pair them yeah. together. And, you know, at first, I thought that Evan Mobley was the, the right pick for them at, at two. But when I saw what they did at 16 and, uh, what was it, like, 23? 23, yeah. It's perfect. Considering that the fact that um, Kai Jones was picked three picks after Sangoon, like, there's there's so much, like, difference 
in skill and upside between those two players that it's crazy to even think. In my opinion, Sengun could have easily gone as early as like five over Barnes. I don't think he was ever going to go five because of the NBA scouts, but I honestly think he has, you know, the potential to be better than, you know, Scotty Barnes or Jonathan Kuminga. I think he'll, I think he'll be better than Kuminga. Yeah, yeah, maybe. It's it's so hard to say with Kaminga so far. He's just so raw. Yeah. Um, but going back to what you said about Jalen Green, uh, I think he might have more upside in the long run than Cade. Cade is just a more complete player. Like That's that's simply said, yeah. right? Jalen Green's defense is, isn't is great. Uh, his mm. playmaking is definitely a concern. But he's just his scoring is just insane, right? So mm-hmm. I, I do agree that when he comes in, for the Rockets, he could be even better than Kate. Even though I think that Kate is going to run everything in Detroit, so I don't think Rookie of the Year is going to go to Green. Like when you think about it, who else is going to do do anything on the Pistons? Well, I think it's it's a similar thing. At, at least who has the rock in their hands in Houston? I mean, obviously KPJ is there, but yeah. I, I don't think they're going to KPJ. And then Wood takes a lot of shots, and I don't know how the deal is going to go with Wall. Do they just sit him out? Like, I, I, I don't think, know if they're going to get a trade for him, you know? Well, he would be a great backup point guard, but he's just he would an be, awful... He would, he's just terrible. Like, his efficiency is terrible. He takes dumb shots. He's not the player he was, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But. Um, yeah, he just is an awful fit timeline-wise. I don't know yeah. why you would give him minutes over uh, Green or KPJ. Yeah, I hope um, that uh, Salas realizes that. But okay. Uh, next loser. up, we got the Hawks. Yep. Yeah, um, who had only two picks, um, not quite the four the Rockets had, but I think they absolutely nailed these two picks in Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper. Um, I saw Johnson as having like a top 10 prospect potential. I didn't expect him to go that high just because of the fits and everything. Um, but, you know, he's a huge dude, super athletic. Um, the passing is absolutely there for his size. Um, I think he can be a defensive menace. There's questions about his fit in the half court, um, but I like the fit next to a ball dominant point guard in Trey Young, um, and I think he can figure out. You know, I'm only gonna take a couple threes um, yeah, every game, but they're gonna be good looks. I'm gonna make a lot of them. I'm gonna be a cutter. Yeah, Missy Pop, Missy Chas, we did. I'm gonna be a, a good cutter. I'm gonna you know make my shots and just really develop in a system that isn't necessarily gonna ask a lot of him and i think he has you know light star potential uh and at 20 that's got to be a great pick um then you got sharif cooper um a dude who had awful splits in college he shot 39 percent from the field 22 from three but you know eight assists 20 points that can't be understated the four turnovers are scary but when you watch him on tape he's just so quick you know, the ball handling is, you know, it's like the a, a ball on the string on his hand. It's pretty nasty. The The playmaking is absolutely there. Um, so he's a little bit of a raw prospect. Well, not raw in the traditional sense, but, you know, he has a lot to work on. Um, but I like him behind Trey Young. Not gonna, He's not going to be asked to play a major role. And at 48, come on, this is a dude with, you know, first-round potential. That's got to be a, probably the biggest sure. steal of the draft, at least position-wise. Yeah, I know. I completely agree. Jalen Johnson, I wasn't too high on him, but for like a six-nine forward, his playmaking is awesome. He has that defensive upside too. 
Uh, I think it's a good pick, especially behind Hunter and Reddish. It, it's t it's going to be tough to, for him to get minutes. Um, I don't see him getting that much, to be honest. But still, I, I think that it, at 20, you can really ask for anything better. And at 48, hey, come on. Hey, fuck. David Johnson was picked before him. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, I don't Who's know David who that Johnson? Is either, to be honest. But <laughs> Cooper, he has that free throw shooting. He shot like 86%, I think. And it, oh my god, why is my dad yelling? Okay, whatever. <laughs> but he shot like 86% from the from the free throw line, and it kind of like excites you, it intrigues you on yeah. uh, if he ever will become like, at least a decent shooter. And I think he will. Uh, he just needs to. And, and that's what I'm scared of, um, that he's on the Hawks. So I don't know if he's ever going to get that opportunity, because like, he needs a lot of opportunity to actually get a decent offensive game, I feel like. And I don't know if he'll ever get that behind Trey Young. I think he'll go to the G League um, in the rookie year, at least for a yeah. little bit. But he won't, he won't like, break out on the Hawks, you know? I, at least I don't yeah. think so. I, I think he'll take a couple years. Yeah. I don't think he'll have that, like, star ceiling yeah, anytime yeah, soon. Yeah. But also, you can't you can't play him next to Trey Young at all. No, six I, feet. He can't play I think they have to defense. be Trey can't play mutually exclusive. It'd be terrible, yeah. Yeah, that, that would be unplayable. Yeah, but okay. okay. Uh, who's your uh, next team, final team? My final team are my Golden State Warriors. Um, I currently live in the beautiful state of Hawaii, um, but I'm not a bandwagon. I'm fr I'm native to the Bay Area, so don't come at me. Um, and at seven and fourteen, I wanted them to move on from these picks. You know, Steph Curry's, you know, on the back end of his prime. I really love to see him get another ring. But at seven fourteen, Kuminga Moody just that's a lot of value. Kuminga is a dude who's very raw. I don't love... Actually, I kind of hate the fit with the Warriors right now, but I'd rather them take a swing on a guy than go an easy route for a Davion Mitchell or a Franz Wagner. You know, having a seventh overall pick is a asset. I think it's a waste to use that asset on, like, a safe guy. Um, so I'm glad that they at least took some value in Kuminga. And Moody at 14 uh, is up there with the best steals in the draft. Um, this is a dude who... I don't think anyone would have been surprised if he went top 10. So getting him a couple spots back is very nice. Um, and I think he both can go into the lineup and be a, a, a solid rookie. You know, I think he'd be a second rookie team. I don't think that's a stretch at all. Um, and I think he has great potential moving forward. So I think they got two very high value picks. Yeah, I I completely have to agree there. I wouldn't love I, I'd say Kaminga at 14 and Moody at 7 would be the perfect draft for them but it doesn't even matter the fact <laughs> yeah. that they got Moody at 14 is really great I think he could come off the first season and actually do a lot of good for them I don't know if it makes them a championship team probably not but I still like that pick Kaminga uh, maybe they realized because I did see they wanted to trade him maybe they realized that they don't really have championship chances without trading the picks so they did keep him in the end uh because like they weren't gonna trade moody either way uh but no i, I like kaminga i think he could he could be a top i don't know five player in this class in maybe five years he could also be like one of the top busts in nba history you never know <laughs> yeah hard to tell <laughs> yeah hard to tell. but again he's six nine he has a seven foot wingspan he's not he doesn't have any defensive iq he's not the greatest but that upside, man, he is, he might be special. He might be special. 
And he has to be an asset for any team who's rebuilding. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he is not on the Warriors' start. And that, that's, uh, the, that's the thing, though. It's like it's weird now. Do the Warriors go in? Do they trade? I don't know Quay, Draymond, or because they're not trading Kaminga. They're so you know they're in a weird position right now. They're obviously do, not do, going to do that. But do you, okay, I have a proposition for the Warriors here. Um, Wiseman and Kuminga are two guys who you probably consider raw, but you got a lot of potential there. The Rockets are a team who are clearly rebuilding, have a lot of nice young pieces. Um, what do you think about a Wood, Christian Wood, for Kuminga and Wiseman trade? Mm. Who, who says no? I don't think that's a good pick for the Warriors, honestly. Because, like, mm. what is Wood going to do, like, realistically? Well, they, they need a big man. Yeah, and for he sure. can. He can score. He can defend. He can, he's not a great defender. He's really slow too. I he, he's I don't know. I feel like if if it did push him over the edge for sure, like if they just like with Wiseman and Kaminga, they're just like a little bit not there. Then yeah, yeah. I get that pick. But uh, I get that trade. I mean, but I feel like you're just giving up a bit too much. Um, yeah. Okay. I feel that. I feel yeah. that. I. I I I guess that maybe would not be the greatest pick for my dear Golden State Warriors. (laughs) Okay, so now let's move on to the losers in this draft. Yeah. Um, I think you should start off here. Who you got? All right. So I got the uh, Grizzlies, and uh, we were having a discussion earlier about this, and they might have got screwed over with um with Josh Giddy being taken at six by the Thunder because it was it was um. What's it called? Seen that they were targeting him at ten. The Pelicans were targeting him at ten. But that doesn't make a big excuse. Even then, I don't know what the fit would be with Giddy and Jaw, two non-shooters. But that doesn't matter. We're talking about Zaire Williams here at number ten. Uh, it's obviously too high in the draft. He is really athletic, and I don't know what else there is to say. He has upside, which a lot of prospects do in this class. Um. Yeah, I don't really know. I think that even someone like Moses Mooney or Corey Kispert would be a better pick for them, way better pick for them even. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that they gave up Jonas for this, I, I guess they didn't want to pay him or they wanted to start JJJ or something, but I don't really understand that. Yeah. Um, and then I think that's it, right? That, that They just had that massive L of a trade. Um, did they have another pick? Let's see. Well, they did trade the, uh, let's see. The, the 40th pick, which they traded, ended up being Jared Butler. But that's, that's a big if. Like, if they even got him. But, but yeah, that, that pick was just bad. Like, oh, wait, no, they, they did. The Grizzlies had that awful trade where they traded up to 30. Exactly. To get Santi Aldama. Oh, who, my. Uh, on, on the big board, I've been you know, you know looking at and kind of you know building off of, um, which is Tankathon, which is a website I love. Aldama was like a sixtieth. He was like fifty nine, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, just a, a very late, like second round pick. You move up to like the first round to get him. I think this was a, a god awful. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. But now that you mention it. I think the Jazz would be considered winners because they went down. Um, they went yeah, down from probably. they went from thirty to forty, 
because Jared Butler was their guy all the time. And, and that's a great pick. Yeah, that's that, a great that is pick. an amazing pick. Given that his heart, hopefully, um, everything goes is fine with him. Yeah, um, yeah. But the NBA did clear him, so I think that's an amazing pick at 40. I got agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, that their trades were just... Their picks were bad, their trade was bad. I, what I will say about the Grizzlies is that um, the only saving grace on the Zaire Williams pick is that it does have that upside. It's better, in my opinion, than you know making maybe taking a Chris Duarte there. Um, because, you know, although yeah. Zaire Williams was highly questionable in college, uh, he looked almost like a, a little fawn out there, a little baby deer, not really adjusted to his body. Um, he has some, like, problems with the COVID on the team and a, a death in the family. Um, so maybe that's, you know, not indicative of him as a player. Um, and Memphis will never really attract a star in free agency. So I think it's better at least they took a swing than something safe. But I got to agree, that was a pretty bad pick. Yep. Um, okay. And the other team that I had was Worthy Spurs. Um, this oh, one's kind of obvious. Um, they had two picks, and I think that the Joe Wieskamp pick that they had in uh in the second round wasn't that bad. They just got a shooter there, I guess. But at number twelve, they select Joshua Primo. Like who? Uh, yes, I know he's the youngest player in the draft. Uh, yes, I know he could become a really good shooter. But what is he gonna be? Like I don't know. They have so many guards. Like maybe he comes becomes better than Lonnie Walker. Maybe he even becomes better than Derek White. I don't understand the point of it. If you really wanted to draft him, trade down. And yeah. especially when everyone thought they were going to draft Sangoon. I thought they were going to draft Sangoon. I thought it would be a really good fit. It's just so disappointing to see him go this way. You know, it reminded me of um, a very similar pick from last year's draft when the Phoenix Suns took Jalen Smith at, uh, what oh, was yeah. it, number 10? Yeah. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton was still on the board. Um, they take a pick at number 10 for a dude who's projected late first round. A very similar thing with Primo. I saw him around the you know, 25-ish kind of range very often. He, yeah. he has some upside, but take him at 12 while there's a lot of great prospects still on the board. Uh, it's, it's just kind of scary. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah, you're right about that, but... I mean, there's always been, like, for example, Cam Johnson, we're speaking about the Suns here. He got drafted um, by Minnesota at number 11 when he was projected to go in the second round, I think, right? So, and, it, and that, I yeah. guess, worked out. He's actually decent. It did right? work out. Yeah. I think I think Primo, five years from now, could be a pick at 12 where you're not you're not killing yourself yeah, over it. Yeah, for sure. But at this point in time, it's, it's, it's just right? questionable. You could have traded down to 20. I think there was rumors that, the you know, Knicks wanted to move up. Um, and it is just, it's just tough. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, but all right. I think that's it for me. What about you? My first loser, um, maybe the, my my least favorite pick in this draft fit wise, um, Davion Mitchell to the Kings. Um, the Kings in Sacramento are, you know, it's a team that's not in the smallest market in the league, but maybe the most irrelevant one. Um, and they're never, ever going to attract a star player in any world. Nobody in the right mind wants to go to Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived three hours away for most of my life, and the only time I ever was in Sacramento was if I was trying to get up to Tahoe. Um, and I think that can be said to anybody in the world. 
Um, so with that being said, <laughs> them taking Davion Mitchell, who's a 23-year-old senior, um, a point guard, who has very little star potential, in all honesty. He, he, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a solid player, but he doesn't have that star potential next to Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox, uh, which are really their only, like, players you, you want to build around on this team to any extent. Yeah. You now have three point guards, um, two of which who can't shoot. Well, the only one that can shoot is Tyrese Halliburton. Um, on a team that will not attract any big free agents and now are stuck with their only three livable prospects. And also, Buddy Heald is just so crowded in that guard room and none of it works defensively. It's an awful fit, um, both in a basketball sense and in kind of a business sense, because I don't love the pick for Mitchell here, um, in a business sense. Um, yeah. Did they have another pick? Um, that, that, that was my, that was was my like, main note. Like really, yeah, but Davion Mitchell, I completely agree. He had one good season uh, from shooting, like shooting-wise from three, and yet he still shot like 64% from the line, and you gotta, like, you got to think about it and be like, okay, this guy might not be a great shooter after all because the previous mm-hmm. two seasons he was not a good shooter it's just too small of a sample size for me to tell and considering that fox isn't a great shooter i don't know how the fit looks there uh and then even if it does fit why i think yeah you're right fox and Halburn both have way more upside than this guy i get his defense is good uh in fact he's probably one of the best defenders in the class even though he's pretty undersized um he doesn't he's not too good on offense he's a decent playmaker but again it's 23 he signs yep. a max contract and like what he's out of his prime already whatever though um okay now we got my second loser who is me not a true loser because hot take, hot take? <laughs> it's a little bit of a hot take me and my my dear co-host gabriel are probably the two people in the world who dislike the Charlotte Hornets draft the most. Mm-hmm. This is a draft that I've seen on, on, on the interwebs. People say, oh, this is a, a, like a top two draft. This is a top three draft. And I, I could not disagree more. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Gabe will get into it. But they picked uh, Book Knight and Kai Jones um, in the first round. Um, they picked up JT Thor, which is actually a pick I like. But let's talk about Book Knight and Jones. Um, this is a v- very much a preference thing for me and Mr. Haritanov. Um, neither of us like Book Knight very much. Um, he kind of seemed like a chucker on a team that admittedly wasn't very good. Um, but the splits got to scare you. He didn't have a lot of, like, oomph, you know, that he didn't have that first step that blew you away or anything. The handles are nice. The lay package was nice. Um, I think he could be solid, but I didn't love him as a prospect, and neither did uh, Gabe. And then the other pick is Kai Jones, who Gabriel hated. G- Gabriel did not like Mr. Kai Jones. I liked him a little bit better, but I will say he reminded me of Jackson Hayes. Uh, you know, they're actually both from Texas. They're highly athletic centers. You know, they can get up and down the floor. But they seem a little boneheaded at times, um, and I'm not convinced that they're going to be able to do everything on an NBA level that you need them to do. The, the main difference between him and Hayes is that Mr. Jones does have a handle, and he does have 
a jump shot. Um, both of which are really great for a seven-footer. Um, but I'm not convinced this pick is going to work out. Um, and I can't believe they passed on Sangoon. Yeah, well, Sangoon was drafted earlier um, than Jones. But yes, I'd much rather have Sangoon than, uh, than James Booknight. Um, that's, that's just me. I think that Booknight... He's extremely athletic. His shooting, though, I get his elbow situation, his elbow injury, but I, I don't know if he's going to be that shooter. Okay, and yes, I know he's a good scorer, but what else is he? I mean, yeah. I don't know. And at 19, Kai Jones, I'd much rather have Garuba. Uh, he's a much better defender, and he has a decent shot. But I just, Kai Jones, he just looks so dumb sometimes. He, like... He has this go-to move where he grabs the ball and then he goes to the right and takes his fade away, like mid-range kind of. Uh, and it just never works for him. I, I don't know, maybe it's just yeah. me watching him, but he never makes him, and he always takes him. And I hate it. He has habits. He has habits where he'll have an open three-point look, yeah. then he'll take he'll he'll hesitate on it, then he'll take a couple of dribbles, take a mid-range jumper. Um, I saw times where you know he's in the heart of the paint. He does a fadeaway mid-range jumper instead of moving oh, yeah. towards the basket. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a bunch of times where he was just slow on rolls, on defensive help. Um, all these kinds of things where you're looking at this prospect and you're like, can he ever get there You know, mentally? Will his IQ ever be high enough where he can be effective on an NBA level? Yeah, and um, another thing is... There's always like there, there's been plays where I've seen where he's like in the paint, right? And maybe there's two guys, three guys on him. And this guy just, you could see he has no, like, playmaking vision. He has no playmaking IQ whatsoever. And I had to look this up real quick. But he has, he averages just 0.6 assists per game on 1.4 turnovers per game. He, I don't know. I, yeah. He's a big, he's a big with a handle and a shot. Yeah. Um, and he is very confident in both that handle and that shot, exactly. as you see. But you almost worry if he's gonna get like a, a MPJ Michael Porter Jr. syndrome, where yeah. he gets the ball, and the only thing on his mind is the basket. You yeah. know, but at least it works he, out for Michael Porter. Here, it's like he does. It's like, you, you don't know how well it's gonna turn out with a yeah, big, yeah, yeah. Um, and can he even really have the ball in his hands um, to, to you know yeah. dribble to, but, to I shoot? Mean, we do have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and also that that trade itself was that was a good trade. They got Plumlee, yeah. and they got JT Thor for, for they got they got they traded like the fifty seventh who was Balsa Kopravica. He was a seven one center um, from I think it was FSU. He has like an insane. He has like a seven four wingspan and he averaged like mm-hmm. one point four blocks a game in like nineteen minutes. So that's a bit insane, but I still think mm. it's a really good trade for them. Yeah, I gotta agree. But okay. Um, I think that wraps up that segment yep, yep. Uh, that we have there. Um, and to wrap up our true draft coverage, uh, we're just going to go with a little wrap up. Um, yep. Give me your top three picks, Gabe. Top three picks? Uh, I got to go with uh, Petrusa for the Sixers. It's not He's not going to be insane or anything, but I think he's a really good fit for the Sixers. And now that I'm thinking about it, now that I'm saying it out loud, it sounds really dumb to pick him uh, as a top three pick. So maybe I should change that. <laughs> <laughs> but okay i'll just skip that one for now i'll go with uh jared butler at 40 um, yeah that's an awesome pick moses moody at 14 you have to go with him i'm kind of sad that my magic passed up on him and took wagner instead 
but uh, what can you do? And then finally, I'll go with Deuce McBride, Miles um, McBride at uh, I think he was thirty six. Mm-hmm. Yes, thirty six. Uh, it was thirty four, I think. Thirty four. Uh, Wait, thirty three. Thirty four. Okay. 36. Okay. Yeah, I think the Knicks did a really good job with Derrick Rose uh, expiring contract. He's gonna be way better than both Noakina and Payton. I don't like it's. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful signing. There's been comparisons of him to Davion Mitchell, and at 36, you can't go wrong with him. He can play defense. He shot 41% from three. Um, he's a great, yeah, he's a great defender. He's a good playmaker, decent shooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for my top three picks, I could go with Suggs, but that's a little bit of a layup. He kind of fell into the Magic's front office's hands. Uh, it wasn't a very hard pick. So I'll go with, uh, you know, some offices that were a little more creative in their picks. Um, my favorite is probably Shen-Gun uh, at 16. The, the the Rockets gave up a decent amount for him. They gave up a 2022 pick and a 2023 from the Wizards and uh, the Pistons. Those are both likely to be a lottery. So they gave up a lot. Um, but giving up you know, that much is worth it, in my opinion, for a guy like Shingun, and I think it shows that they do have some confidence in him, so I love that pick. Um, at 20, Jalen Johnson, like I was saying, just high upside, um, and, you know, great, great value for 20. Um, I think we talked about that earlier, and the biggest deal of the draft, um, maybe by a long shot, Jared Butler is pretty close, honestly. Yeah. Wait, is it, uh, but I think at 48, Sharif Cooper, just a dude with, you know, that kind of basketball talent, in all honesty. You don't get that that late in the draft, basically, yeah. ever. This is a dude who got top 20 um, kind of uh, upside. or I saw him on a lot of boards, like 19-20. Um, I definitely expect him to go in the first round. It feels like um, Jeremiah Okongwu, Owusu, or whatever, um, in the NFL draft, who... You know, it was a first-round projection who fell all the way down to the Browns. Um, Gabe doesn't really watch the NFL, but I, I've got big uh, JOK vibes. I definitely butchered his name earlier, but it felt very similar. Okay. <laughs> so that ends our official uh, NBA coverage. Um, however, I think there's a couple teams that we both want to talk about. Yep. Uh, um, I think that first one has to be the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, I've yeah. been... I've been a big fan of Sam Presti um, since he pulled off first that uh, Paul George trade, obviously. And, you know, it feels like every trade he does, he wins. Um, but I, is he going too far? Is he going too far? Tell me, Gabe. I, I'm getting that idea, too. It, it seems, it, and with the news that came out today of them trading for Derek Favors... And they get like a first. It just feels like the Horford deal all over again. Um, <laughs> Is he not winning though? He's winning. <laughs> He's winning, but like, when are they gonna get out of this loop? They, I, I don't know if I guess you could go with it, but um, I, I guess I'll say it. But they traded the 16th pick for Sangoon, which was Sangoon, for two future firsts uh, from the Rockets. It was the Pistons and the Wizards. You said right. Uh, Pistons and Wizards. Yeah, yeah, which is good. I like it. But come on, and then they traded the thirty fourth and thirty sixth. Like, I I don't know when this is gonna end. Like, where are they getting their players? They did get Josh Giddy, 
um, and I like that. I think it's a good project piece, um, and I think he's gonna fit really well. But like, I don't know. What, what do you? Okay. Think? Well, you know, I have no problem with taking picks if I have confidence in your ability to take guys I really like. I don't think Giddy's a bad pick at six, but he was he he was probably you know the middle of the pack for how much I liked uh, the lottery picks. Mm-hmm. He, it wasn't a pick that really blew me away, um, and I don't see why they would pick him over Kuminga since they just need high upside guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe they like him a little better. Um, I'm fine with that pick. But I really did question the Trey Mann pick. Um, oh. You know, there's an there's a like such an overabundance of guards on that team, especially young guards. Now yeah. you got Shea, you got Dort. You got... Um, what are these? There's uh, there's Theo Maladon and there is uh, Ty Jerome too. There's a lot of young guards. Now there's Man, yeah. and there's also Kemba. If they can't move on from Kemba, oh yeah. I just and obviously Giddy and obviously Giddy. Oh yeah. Um, there's just so many young guards on this team that I just don't see where he fits in really. Man isn't like a guy that I think you know he. I just don't love him as a prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they were staring Shengun in the face at 16, oh, you could have... Yeah. I mean, I know you got two very high-quality picks for him, but come on, this is a team that needs bigs. He's like an offensive engine. I don't see why they went taken. And they traded um, uh, Moses Brown, right? So it just makes no they sense did. to me. And like you were saying, um, they traded 34 and 36 to move up to 32 um and then they took uh jeremiah robinson earl who who i saw all the way down at 60 on a lot of boards he's 21 almost um i i just i'm not inspired by their draft and if all they're doing is acquiring draft picks and i can't be inspired by their draft what's the point um so that's my thoughts on the Thunder. It feels like a 2K rebuild, as, as, really we, as we were yeah, talking I about. I have to agree with that. Definitely. Definitely. It's just like an okay. endless loop at that point. So let's talk a little bit about the Magic, then. Your dear Magic. Okay. Gabe, yeah. Gabe is one of, um, I think, is it 17 Magic fans now? <laughs> He's wearing their <laughs> hat. funny. Um, so uh, the Magic, as we all know, have an absolute cult following in Central Florida. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, they're in a very funky market, but you know no, they, they're they Gabe's. Have, they have fi- a lot of fans in uh, in the Bay Area back in Cali. Don't worry. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, at least it, it seems that way uh, with Gabe. Yeah. You know, taking up the spotlight. Yeah. Um, but let's For talk sure. about their draft. Um, yeah. Suggs at five. I guess it did fall into us. We can. It, it's just a great pick. I was so happy. I was in a restaurant, and I was screaming and yelling. He might not be the highest upside in the draft, but he's going to be the starting point guard for like many years. I, I can see multiple all-star appearances. Uh, he has good on-ball defense. He has quick hands. He has great athleticism, speed. Um, he gets to the rim really easily, and then he's probably like a top five playmaker in the draft. Um, and I... You know, I've been like looking at a lot of Magic fans, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't really like this pick because we got Cole, we got Hampton, we got Fultz." And what I have to say to that is, at this point, you don't go for need; you go for whoever is be- like the best person available. 
and I think that Suggs is way better than Hampton and Fultz and probably Cole. I mean, I guess Cole does have a lot of potential, and I do love him. I do love him, but he's not that good. On He's a terrible defender. He is a decent playmaker, uh, and I think that the fit between him and Suggs is actually going to be really good. Suggs isn't mm-hmm. the greatest shooter. Cole is, uh, and so I think Cole could be a decent combo guard. Like I think they could both kind of be combo guard. Maybe Suggs guards on defense the two, and then Cole plays offense as a two. Uh, I think yeah, I think it's a great pick. I love it. And yeah. Then, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, and then we yeah. have Franz Wagner at eight two. Here, I'll let you talk about uh, Suggs okay. first. Yeah. Uh, th- thanks. Um, I love Suggs honestly. Uh, I-, I love his defensive potential. I think he can just be super versatile. And I had him just a tad over Mobley just because I'm not entirely sure what Mobley's role is going to look like. He's good at a lot of things, but not necessarily great um, at anything. So um, I I just think, you know, uh, Jalen Suggs could almost be like the rebounding of Josh Hart with, um, you know, elite defense, um, just great uh, playmaking. I think you could, you know, plug him anywhere on the floor as a combo guard with as you were saying, I, I think this is a, a player who could totally develop into a star in Orlando and give them their first real life since, um, since Howard. Um, Dwight, yeah, Dwight Howard. Um, but yeah, and then we also got Franz Wagner. Uh, so now we got both um, Wagner brothers on the team. And um, I wasn't the biggest fan of this pick, but even then, I can't hate on it. He's still a really good defender on the wing. He gets like a steal and a uh, steal and a half, a steal and a half and a block a game. Uh, the only problem with him that I see currently is his shooting. Uh, he did shoot thirty five percent, I think, from three, but I don't know how that's going to translate into the NBA. But overall, I think I think it's still a decent pick. It's it's definitely exciting. Him, Okiki, Isaac, um, even maybe Carter. The defense, how it's going to look, even Suggs. I think the defense is going to be pretty nice. I don't think you're allowed to hate um, a pick that your team makes, because at that point, what's the point of being a fan? Yeah. Um, but with that being said, I gave the Wagner pick a D grade. Mm. Um, I, I, I really, really didn't like Wagner. Um, I watched a couple games of him in Michigan, and the, sh- the, the shooting is unbelievably streaky at times. He only shot a 33% clip from deep mm. at Michigan. Um He's been billed as a great passer, and I think he'll be able to pass, you know, here and there in the NBA. But he's not an elite yeah, playmaker, no, he so isn't. really, what was like? Is that really such an upside? Yeah. If you know you're getting a forward, like probably a four who can kind of pass, I don't think that's you know wowing anybody. Um, but you know, he we'll see how it goes. Um, he'll have a lot of opportunity in Orlando. I'm getting scared because I've seen a lot of uh, Magic fans call him Sam Decker 2.0, so that is definitely scaring me. <laughs> but um, um, and then the the 33 overall pick, Oof. which Jason Preston landed. I think a lot of people like Preston. Yeah. Um, and they traded him for, for what? For, they for traded a him round Clippers pick and and cash. And to me, that tells me that, you know, I'm unconvinced this Magic team can ever really develop within Orlando. Because if you're trading the 33 overall pick, 
which is the third best second rounder you could possibly get for a, a, a second rounder just in the future that's going to be worse, and some cash, that just tells me you need cash. And in the modern NBA, a team who has to worry about, do we have like money for printers and shit? Like, is that ever going to build a championship team? I mean, no, we'll, we'll figure it out, man. We're not, we're not pointing another Kyle Korver deal here. Uh, we, we have uh, okay. left. <laughs> okay. But I, I am sad about that pick. I wish we kept it. Um, yeah, 33rd pick. There were so many good players on the board still. Jason Preston was a good pick. I. It's okay, though. Okay. We'll live. Okay. So, um... With that being said, let's move into the off season. Oh, yeah. That's the name of our podcast. Yep, yep. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, you know the the trade movements that have been going mm-hmm. on um, that we've been covered. So to start off today, we saw a little move um, between the Mavericks and the Celtics. Moses Brown for Josh Richardson. Any thoughts on that one? Uh, I think it's wonderful for the Mavs. Uh, they're I don't know. Okay, I'll start with the Mavs. Wonderful for the Mavs. They get a young center. He has decent upside. He. I, I think he has conditioning problems because I remember like, I remember this one game in specific. He got 20 points and 23 rebounds in a single half, and then he goes out and gets like one point and two rebounds in the second half. Um, but he still has insane upside, right? He still is a good shot blocker. He's a good rebounder. He's really tall. And they gave it up for Josh Richardson. I mean, okay. Who? Yeah. Who has been an absolute bust in Mem- uh, not in, in, in Dallas. Yeah, uh, they traded him for Seth Curry last year, which is embarrassing in hindsight. I thought that um, the Mavs actually initially won that yeah, deal so between did, Seth Curry. Defense, yeah. But uh, it was not there, and now they're moving on from Richardson just a year after that trade. Um, I got to agree. You know, maybe Richardson still has some upside. Uh, he was great in Miami. He was decent in Philadelphia. So I don't hate the move for the Celtics. Uh, it definitely orients them... A little more to win now. Um, Moses Brown would have been a development piece. Um, then we talked about um, the Thunder earlier. Uh, they traded a second rounder and some cash for Derek Favors in a oh, first. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many years this like thing will go on where teams who need to move on from a bad contract will just send them into the ether. That is Oklahoma City. Um but now, you know, the Celtics did it this year. The Th- the Jazz did it this year. Um, last year, first the Lakers did it with Danny Green. Then the Sixers did it with uh, Al Horford. And, you know, it works out. So I can't really blame Sam Presti for this whole exile yeah, thing. Yeah, it definitely feels like a Horford situation again. Um I think there's not much to talk about that trade. It's kind of little, but I guess today yeah. we had the news of the three-way, the three-team trade that was yeah, the Celtics. Three-way. Yeah, three-way. Yeah, uh, Celtics <laughs> trade Thompson to the Kings. The Kings send Dewan Wright to the Hawks, and Hawks send Chris Dunn and a 2023 second rounder to Boston. Yeah, um, I like this move for the Hawks. They pick up another guard who can. No play, play, play in a lot of different ways. He gave you ten four and four last year, so that's that's a decent backup yeah. point guard. Um, they clearly needed some guard depth behind Trey, so I think that's a great pickup. Um, I'm not in love with all these moves for the Celtics front office. Um, I don't know about you. 
Um, Chris Dunn and Fernando Bruce Fernando, Fernando or Bruno something. Fernando, yeah. Bruno Fernando, both were not NBA players last year, yeah. um, but you know Dunn's been decent in the past. And then was it Thompson to the Kings? I don't know what I, you think I about think, that. I think Thompson isn't really an NBA caliber player, and maybe he he is, but he's just not that good, right? I don't. Yeah. I guess the Kings. It's nice for them in case Holmes does leave. Um, I'm still not sure though why they needed him, and I think Dewan yeah. Wright uh, is definitely better than him, and I think Chris Dunn. As much as I don't like the Celtics giving giving their trade level exception for um, Josh Richardson, I think this deal for them was a bit better because they get a backup guard in Chris Dunn who could play. He could play defense. He could. I guess we didn't we didn't see him that much because of his injury, but. Um, Given that his defense stays the same, I think that's a good pickup for them, uh, especially with Kemba. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, that that was a little, you know, kind of ticky tack trade. Yeah. So, uh, we touched on it earlier, but the 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 two major trades that have happened this off season. Let's start off with the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. Um, after the draft, this thing kind of clears up a little more. You got any thoughts on it? Uh, the the Pelicans one, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so for the Pelicans, I guess it's a good move. I don't really see the fit there for Jonas. I don't know how Jonas and Zion is going to work on defense and how it would even work on offense. I get that Jonas is a decent three-point shooter, but he's not there yet. He's not He's not there to be alongside with Zion. I would much mm-hmm. rather prefer them tra- to trade him for like maybe a defensive four and put Zion on the five because I think that for Zion, that would be the easiest way to go off. Um, but yeah, it's still a good trade for them. It's still way better than Adams. Um, yeah. And that's why I don't really know what the Grizzlies are doing here. Um, maybe you want to yeah. talk about that. Uh, I'll say, yeah, I don't necessarily love the fit with Zion and Jonas, but I've been thinking this off season and I'm not sure what the fit with Zion and anybody really looks like right now. Cause you can't play Zion at the three right now because of Ingram, um, but at the same time, like he's a liability defensively, so it's hard to put him at the four or the five. It's just tricky right now, but I'll say getting Jonas Valanciunas, that's a dude who can play basketball very well. He was great for the Grizzlies last year. I may give him the benefit of the doubt that they just figure it out. They're both talented players. I think it could work out. I think he's significantly better than Steven Adams. Um, and that after this, you know, the, this draft went out, I think I love this move for the Pelicans. Um, oh, that's true. So, yeah, I didn't think about that, but yeah, you're right. Uh, so now let's move on to the big move this offseason so far. Russell Westbrook to the Los Angeles Lakers. Thoughts? Crazy. That is just crazy to me. Something that I wouldn't foresee, foresee happening, but uh, it happened. Um... Now, the worry is his contract. He has an insane contract, and another worry is the shooting. Who are they going to have? Is LeBron going to be their best shooter? I guess they have... Uh, is Matthew still under contract? Maybe Macklemore is. But even then, are those guys are those the guys you want um, playing 36 minutes a night for you? Like No way. I don't know. But you can't you can't reject a like a star like that, just because you don't have mm-hmm. like shooters. Like I think they'll figure it out. What do you okay. think? Okay. 
I, I do agree that, you know, that, that just getting talent in the NBA can be so hard at times. Yeah. Um, and I think people are discounting Russell Westbrook because um, I, I saw him in Houston and I saw him um, have the ability to be effective with James Harden for periods of time. Yeah. Uh it didn't it, in the end the fit wasn't entirely there. Obviously they had to move on. Um but with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, those are two guys who can shoot. I, I think people have been discounting the ability of Anthony Davis to shoot in particular. They've been like, LeBron's your best three point shooter. But Anthony Davis is a big who can shoot in from the mid range, he can make some three point shots. He can stretch the floor. Yeah. He's a stretch he's a stretch. Um I think it'll work out. I think mm. it'll be kind of scary for the league. Yeah, I, I think um, I think people are just scared because because of uh, AD's like this year he yeah, was yeah. Just so like down, and it, this mm-hmm. year he definitely couldn't shoot. And I think the year before that his his three point shot was down. Um, but still, you get him for Kuzma, Harrow, KCP. Like come <laughs> on, like that, that's an immediate immediate trade that you should do. I don't know yeah. what the Wizards. And I'll just—I'm just gonna go off track a little bit here, but the Wizards—they go, um, go with Corey Kispert at 15, which would be fine, you know, with Westbrook and Isle. Um, but why the fuck are you guys going with like a 22, 23-year-old who basically like his—it's not only—it's not his only good part, but he's just a really good shooter, right? And he could do a little bit more than that, but that—that's mainly it. And he was also on one of the best—he was on Gonzaga, right? So you don't really know. And mm-hmm. Zaga was good because of him, too. But, dude, like, why do you guys want him? Why not go with another project piece, Wyke Sangoon, who was drafted a pick after yours? Why don't you guys go with yeah. Tion Johnson, who you were projected to go with? I don't understand that whatsoever. But, okay. I, I'm just so high on Shingoon that I think it's hard to believe that anybody is going to pass about on him at 15. But I will defend the pick a little bit. Kispert can play. He Kispert can shoot. You know, he was on a very good Gonzaga team. Yeah. Um, I I think he'll be a solid player. I, I think he's gonna be a solid player. I just don't see the upside that other that other people see in him, and he's also older. Yeah, that's. The I, I'll say, the Wizards have lack direction. Yeah. Um, I think that lack of direction was initiated with that awful John Wall contract. Um, and then by, what what was it? Scott Brooks, um, his awful coaching oh God, and leadership. Oh God, yeah. Um, so they've been in this purgatory where they've been bad, but there was a lot of like butts attached. It was like, oh, we're really bad right now, but John Wall is going to come back. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, we're ri- we're bad now, but now we got Russell Westbrook and he'll carry our asses to this yeah. eight seed. We got a. They bad get rid bench, of him. But, you know, we got a good draft pick this year, but. Same yeah, um, it seems like they don't have a lot of direction. I think they do need to commit to a rebuild. Um, you know, maybe trade Bradley Beal to the Golden State Warriors, possibly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I agree James... with you. They, they they do need to trade Beal. There's no point of keeping him. He's just losing his prime there. Yep, okay. Um, does that wrap us up? We've hit nearly an I hour. Think... Okay, there's one more thing. Um, so there's okay. the signings, right? There's the Conley three-year 75 mil and the Chris Paul three-year 90 mil. I was wondering if you oh, had wait. any thoughts on it. Uh, I have not seen these. How recent were these? 
Uh, oh. But uh, wait, so it was Conley to the Jazz? Yeah, Conley to the Jazz for seventy-five million. It's a three-year seventy-five million. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Paul uh, is gonna have a ninety million three-year. With the Suns. Yeah, with the Suns. Okay, um, I bet three years from now both of these players will be overpaid. Yeah. Um, Conley just got off of a contract that like a year or two ago was considered awful. It was considered, you know, wildly overpaid. Um, He's getting 25 mil a year. That's going to be overpaid for how old is Mike Conley? He's 33 right now, so he's going to be 36. He's going to be 36 and getting paid 25 million. I bet he'll be uh, maybe a little bit better than a role player at that time. And Chris Chris Paul was in a similar bucket where before he got to the Thunder two years ago, he had... It was considered he had the worst contract true, in the league. Yeah. He declines a player option that so many people thought was like a nasty player option, where they're like, "I can't believe we're going to pay Chris Paul like forty million plus years, and we have, we can't do anything about it." He declines it. He gets his money. Um, I think if you're the Suns, you had no other choice, but he'll probably be overpaid unless he can continue to be a like a demigod with this weird freaking plant diet. <laughs> um, where he resurrects himself time and time again. Yeah, the the uh, Chris's or CP secret stuff. His, right? Yeah, his secret yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, it's working. Yeah, I think with the Conley thing, he's always injured, right? He he mm-hmm. played the first series with the Grizzlies. That was already decided even before it happened. And then when they really needed him, he didn't play. He was injured. And I don't think there's been a season in the, in in recent history where he's played more than like 55 games, maybe 60, right? He's always missing a portion of the season. Um and I think And that that doesn't bode well for a small guard who's aging. Exactly, yeah. And the only thing that I would say might help that is the signing of Jared Butler. Maybe they just mm. don't play Conley as much trying to limit his minutes for the playoffs. But then I don't understand the the 25 mil a year. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. But okay, I think that's mainly it for now with the uh, offseason. Yeah, that's the offseason to this point. Yep. Um, and I think all of our devote listeners will have to take a, a little offseason to the podcast. As we wrap this one up, thank you, Gabe, for joining me. Um, we'll probably be back next week, uh, assuming we can get this whole thing up. So to anybody in the world who has listened to this point, we thank you dearly. Uh, and we hope to move on moving forward. Thank you guys for tuning in. See ya. See ya. Alright. Holy shit. Oh my god. Oh my god. Do you hear that? Yes. That dude's going wild. Alright. I think that's it. Hopefully it recorded. (laughs) Hopefully. Let me just um, check my files. And also, I don't know how I'm going to upload this to anything. I just have an hour-long video. What the fuck am I... Uh, I did. Oh, I forgot to stop recording. But, uh, hold up. Oh, Jesus.